Welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is the show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. Well, hello, dear listeners. Today's episode is one of my solo ones. I will be talking about myth and archetypes and weaving in some Holy Grail and Lord of the Rings. These episodes are some of my favorite ones to do simply because I can let my imagination, my writing, and speaking be free and in service to the grail, so to speak. As most of you know, I have led and participated in men's wisdom circles for almost two decades now. And in these groups, we work with typically five main archetypes, the king, warrior, the lover, the magician, and lastly, the archetypal hero. Archetypes, in our view, are collective templates in the human psyche, and they can be powerful teachers when we are conscious of them. So in men's groups, we work to activate, strengthen, and come to know these energies inside of us, and these five give us plenty of insights, tools, pathways, and inner work that a man can spend a lifetime working with and not run out of juice. There's something that emerged over the years that I want to share with you. And first, let me briefly sketch out a typical structure of a men's group, as this will help highlight what it is that I would like you to start to understand. Now, in these groups, you typically run rounds that represent each one of the male archetypes. So you have a lover round, a warrior round, a magician round, and a king round. The hero, which is you, sort of sits at the metaphorical center and is served in his journey by these four archetypal allies. Are you following me? In each round, every man will share his truth about the question or process that we introduce. This, in turn, strengthens the man and strengthens the collective wisdom of the circle, which represents the kingdom or the world. This is how you create powerful wisdom circles. So you would have a round called the lover round, and that's all about emotional intelligence and self-care and care for the planet, and there would be lots of processes to choose from. Then you would have the warrior round, which is all about fierce and compassionate accountability and, and integrity, and you would have powerful processes for that round as well. Then the magician round with its myth and mysticism and mission and shadow mission work, developing your inner knowing, that sort of thing, again, with many creative ideas and processes to choose from. Then we would get to the final round, the king round, and we would sort of bumble around and cobble it together. We would usually do something around gratitude. However, we all knew instinctively that this did not begin to access the power and depth of the archetypal king. The king and queen represent a powerful sovereignty that has not been strong in us. It started to become obvious to me as a facilitator of this work that collectively we had an anemic king energy. I can't speak for women, but my hunch is that they also suffer from a lack of strength in this archetypal aspect of ourselves. It gives us a big clue as to where we need to go, and we can use myth again, as I will address here in a bit. So in these groups, we would create all sorts of processes to activate and strengthen these other archetypal energies in men, except for the king. Why not? We couldn't figure it out. None of us could. And it wasn't from lack of trying. I had the best men I knew in these circles, and yet we were all left confused about how to generate and grow this aspect of ourselves and the collective. The good men I know have continually struggled to find the activation key for the king. Why was the king evading us? This question has been on a slow burn inside of me for years. It sat with me and many others as something extremely important and incomplete in the male tribe. I kept coming back to the Grail and the Lord of the Rings. There seemed to be certain myths that wanted to assist us, as myths always do. Myths are our allies in our quest. What is our quest? Well, to serve the Grail, to restore the kingdom, to alleviate the suffering of the world, to be used by a purpose greater than oneself, to make our ancestors proud, 
to take the faint trail and call for your brothers and sisters to participate in this great awakening. I could go on and on and on. To use the grail myth, how can we restore the wasteland if we don't heal the fisher king? The whole village is praying and waiting. There has been a need in the male tribe that was waiting for the right time to activate, and we're there. It's time for the collective king to reemerge in our story. So we have identified that the archetypal king who brings a powerful sovereignty and vision to us and the world is weak and lacking. And why is that? Part of it is that we are ordinary men, you and I. When we think of the word quote-unquote king, we naturally think of royalty and blue-blood families like the Bushes or the Kennedys. It must not be an energy for us, we tell ourselves. But nothing could be further from the truth. In mythic terms, this is our God-given inner terrain, and activating this archetype is how we do our part to elevate the world. It is how we restore the kingdom, which has become a wasteland. The villagers are praying that we realize this, you and I. For it is not one man who will carry this energy, but a collective of good men who are willing and able to do the inner work to transform themselves and therefore the world. One of the things I saw in men's group is that men don't trust anything called king energy. And who can blame them? Look at what we have. The current king is an authoritarian psychopath with no love for humanity. And the wasteland of corruption, trauma, and confusion reflects this. But to deny the inner king and not awaken this latent energy in the collective male psyche leaves the landscape barren and the women and children scared. Good men are not running things, and the villagers all know it. So contrary to popular opinion, the king is not all about ruling over other people. Instead, this archetype brings qualities that we so desperately need right now, and I would like to sketch out a few of those now. The king is wise and discerning, and he draws his wisdom from the collective, recognizing our lineage as one human tribe. And the king stands as a commitment to the world and its inhabitants. His vision comes from his deep love of humanity and a humility to serve the grail and its people. The king will tend to be unhurried in his decision-making, contemplative. He will feel fear but chooses a higher plane to operate from. And the king will always make alliances with others, ones that serve the kingdom. The king recognizes that he holds the vision and is charged with inspiring others to carry out this uplifting vision. And the king blesses others, meaning he sees value in all things and honors our interconnectedness. For men, this will often mean seeing and blessing children, but it also means seeing the younger men as our legacy, not as our competition. I spoke about this in my first book. We tend to compete with younger men instead of witnessing and blessing them. And we do not need to be perfect. In fact, we need to bring our shadow with us so we are relatable to others. This is something we learn in men's work. You bring your humility and your authenticity so we can trust and learn from you. You check your ego at the door since it is too weighty and heavy for the task we are about to be given. Mythically, I think of Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. Remember Aragorn, the reluctant king? He knows he comes from a faulty bloodline, an imperfect bloodline. We all do. His father failed in the face of temptation, and Aragorn knows that this shadow lives in him as well. And as a collective, we all seem to be painfully aware of our faults. We don't see our gold or our gifts or our ability to help the story, which we all carry in spades just outside of our awareness. However, because Aragorn has humbly served the grail or the good cause of we the people and done his inner work, he is able to transform this shadow. That and his female partner is a powerful elf whose strength and belief in Aragorn carries him along to his destiny. We also have powerful allies that are waiting for our signal, the signal from the awakened collective king. 
So you see, Aragorn's trajectory is our trajectory, just as Parseval and the Grail King and the villagers in the Grail myth are also us. This is the brilliance of myth and of Tolkien and of the Grail. We don't feel we are worthy to serve as king. None of us do. So we shuffle our feet and look around to see if there's someone else that can step in. I do this as well, my friend. We tell ourselves, it can't be us. However, there isn't someone else for this. It is you and I. We are Parseval from the Grail myth, stumbling through the story, never suspecting that we are the knight that the villagers are praying will arrive. We are the men who are charged with this task, to forge a healthy sovereign energy out of our faith and heart and imagination and inner knowing. And it is my intention to co-create this in the coming months and years together. I see this as our true legacy, men and women activating this archetypal sovereign and learning and teaching from this place inside of ourselves. One of the frames that the king carries is a vision for a healthy world for future generations. And the indigenous tradition of thinking of seven generations ahead fits well here. The work we are doing now as men is for the world that our grandchildren and great-grandchildren all the way down the line to seven generations will benefit from. And you don't necessarily need to be a father to have skin in the game. The seven generations framework is a powerful reminder of what we are all playing for. The wisdom of the indigenous tribes also reminds us that this story we are inside of also involves our ancestors, that they are intimately involved in our ongoing challenges and victories. So we make courageous choices today for our ancestors because they are pulling for us. And I, for one, do not want to let them down. So truth and courage are the order of the day. We are entering a new phase in our emergence. Humanity has long been living under darkness. Or to borrow an image from the Grail myth, we have been living in the wasteland. The king has been wounded and the entire kingdom is feeling its effect. We are, as a collective, numb, traumatized, scared, and confused. The layers and layers of deception and corruption has left us rudderless and dumbfounded as to what to do and who to be. In short, we are in desperate need of a new king, a new queen, and a renewed kingdom. And it is my belief that this process is well underway, both mythically and where the rubber meets the road. Humanity is in the throes of the Great Awakening, and it is time to bring forth the wisdom that our tribe latently carries. We need more men and women and children to help us anchor wisdom here on this playing field. For I believe that Tolkien, with his hobbits, was pointing to something not always perceived, that children carry an essential part of this key. Their inner knowing and wisdom and courage must be included, and not just when they grow into quote-unquote responsible adults. Adults are limited by our mind-numbing education and media propaganda, and adults tend to become rote in their speaking, saying and thinking the same things over and over. Have you noticed this? Children bring fresh seeing into any equation, and a good king brings around him all of his best and brightest to counsel him. A good and wise king would listen to a child's input on a particular challenge, wouldn't he? For example, what if we asked the children what they wanted out of their schools and implemented that? It's not exactly rocket science, is it? In terms of readying yourself, your ability to feel what is going on in the collective will serve you well in this endeavor. Can you see and feel the wasteland and the devastating effect that it has had on all of us? Can you sense the collective cry for help? And can you sense the wounded king that lives inside of you, the one that is waiting and waiting and waiting, impotent to restore the kingdom? And can you sense Parsifal at the center of the myth, bumbling through our story, never suspecting his awakening is what the villagers and the storyline have been waiting for? Is it starting to dawn on you that the myth is calling you, that you are inside of this story? The mystics have shown us the doorway, as they always do, and it is up to each of us to strengthen and quicken this inner knowing, to light up your mythic imagination with whatever helps us navigate and see more clearly. 
Meditation and prayer are daily activities. At this point, I think they have to be, right? How else do we keep things straight and raise the vibration of love and inspiration and divine light on this planet? We need more men in these activities, holding a frequency that this king's vision will be built on, and we are near a tipping point, and the tipping point will be in our favor. Many men will answer this call, and many will not. I would love for all my old friends and acquaintances to choose to awaken, all of us walking together, but that is not for me to decide. I trust this process, and I can tell you that whatever you choose, as always, I wish you well on your hero's journey. It will be part of my role to do whatever I can to activate the king inside of both of us, for it is in each of us that our collective sovereignty resides. We will together awaken this powerful archetype and begin to let it move and instruct us. And we will be doing groups that help us with this in the coming weeks and months. With this episode, I wanted to declare here what I see as our collective edge and start to stir your mythic imagination of what is possible in humanity. We have so much going for us right now. The collective king is waking from his slumber and senses the urgency in the air. We don't need to, nor could we, do this overnight. However, we need to set a powerful intention that men will not let the world down. Women, children, future generations, and our ancestors are counting on us. If you find value in our show and wish to show us some love, we are now making that very easy to do. You simply go to www.basecampformen.com and click on Donate Support Basecamp. You'll find an easy way to make either monthly donations for as little as $5 a month, or you can donate just once. We love the monthly donation and hope to build this up over the coming months, but any show of support is greatly appreciated, honestly. Thank you for your support and for helping to keep Basecamp as a resource on your hero's journey. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac and you're listening to Base Camp for Men.